Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. And you're very welcome back to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. Uh, it's our weekly NFL roundup, uh, and I have the superb Daniel O'Brien and Simon Stokes with me to review all that went on last weekend and the championship uh, weekend, AFC and NFC. We have a few certain retirements to get through, and then Brian Flores' legal lawsuit. And if we have time, guys, we may have even a, a little prediction from you in the Super Bowl. How are things? Good now, man. Good. Yeah, an awful lot to cover tonight again. You know, I thought it might be a bit of a a lull after the AFC divisional playoffs and NFC. No, not a chance. They must see this podcast has been going uh, great guns. So uh, maybe we go chronological order. Um, the AFC Championship game, Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas. Um. As we said, well, I think we kind of said last week that this would be a kind of a forlorn conclusion, but uh, trust the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, and Mr. McPherson uh, to rip up the, the script. What was your thoughts uh, there, Danny? I think this game was a kind of a case of the Chiefs lost it, and they really lost it in spectacular fashion again. Um, like they, you're, looking, you're looking at the first half of that game, and it's like, God knows what the score could be. It looked like it was going to be like the Steelers, where they were just going to rack up whatever score they wanted on them. But that last drive in particular actually proved to be very decisive in the first half. And like the, for them to, to collapse in the way that they did and for Mahomes to be basically yeah, blanked in the second half. I mean, it's a, it's a testament to what the Bengals were able to do in the, in, in their, for the, in, on the defensive aspect of it. But my God, the Chiefs, like if the, the, the Packers lost the previous week was pretty bad. This one isn't too far behind us when you consider it was their fourth AFC game, their fourth, the fourth time they've been at home. But now they've won two, lost two, and like this one, this was, I mean, the Chiefs are going to have a lot of regrets after that game because they, they hadn't won. They hadn't won and they absolutely lost it. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree, Mark. Um, I think Dennis on the ball. The Chiefs, I, I, I'm still baffled at how they chose away. I know I, I was texting you during the match and after about 10 minutes we were calling us up. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, even looking back on, like Andy Reid is obviously a fantastic head coach, but even looking back on his time in Philadelphia and things like that, there's always been question marks about his clock management. And that was like that three points that they could have easily uh, tagged on at the end of the first half. Like, I think that gave Cincinnati, you know, a momentum going into the dressing room at halftime, carry that momentum out in the second half. Uh, but like I, you know, the first night we were on, I was saying that I thought Kansas were a bit patchy and they were inclined to have, you know, spells of good and, and bad times during the year. And you know, I, I I was talking about them generally from match to match. I didn't realize it'd be from half to half because my God, like it was, like it was, it was, it was black and white between the first half and the second half. Uh, they couldn't move that ball in the second half. Um, even from the point of view of the interception that that Mahomes threw in um, in uh, overtime. Like it gave it gave Cincinnati deadly field position. All they had to do was come up and leave McPherson uh, kick it. Um, do you know, I it was totally uncharacteristic. Um, like this Chiefs team, we've gotten used to them having the killer edge down through the last couple of seasons. And if they are get them set their nose in front, they're inclined to go um, go for the trough. But the thing is, I I'm, I'm still as I said, I'm still baffled as 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 to how it went so pear shaped for them in the second half. Um, now look, credit, there must be some credit given to, to to the Bengals. I look, I questioned them last week. I'm still not entirely sure. Like do you know, last week I spoke about Joe Burrow standing up. Do you know, and we we spoke about um, and uh, Josh Allen having the great game he had against the Chiefs the previous weekend. But I suppose it's something that we mightn't have fully, you know, um, 
maybe looked at was the fact that like Josh Allen had plenty of time to throw that ball to find us the third wide receiver. Um, Joe Burrow, he didn't hit the ground much last weekend. I, I don't know how many times did he even sack him. I, I, he didn't. He didn't seem to be under that much pressure. Um, like I, I'd still be. You know, I know we're going to be maybe talking about the Super Bowl later on, but I'd still be a bit fearful that that offensive line are going to keep able to keep him clean uh, when it comes up against the Delhi Rams in, in a week and a half's time. Yeah, I fully agree with you guys. I mean, really, a tale of two halves, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Talking that second half. Philadelphia Eagles, Andy Reid. I was thinking back of previous nightmare coaching performances, particularly when Andy Reid, for whatever reason, the game they completely abandoned their own game in the second half when it was blatantly obvious that Bengals had made lovely adjustments in the defensive defensive field. An awful lot of vets there in that defensive um, unit for Cincinnati were filling the passing lanes, and uh, Mahomes was rattled. Let's be quite clear about it in the second half. You know, just didn't seem to be any air of confidence about him. But I thought Reed McKinnon should definitely have been utilised a bit more in the run game. And, you know, in fairness to Cincy, um, I don't think we've given t- the Tennessee Titans defensively, defensive line, uh, as cre- much credit as we should have. Because, I mean, yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals, the offensive line-wise, not perfect. But, and Burrow did once or twice get... Yeah, how he got away from a few of those uh, Kansas City tackles was a a miracle, really. And I was thinking of you, Simon, uh, with the the candle in Toyalee's church. That's you know, uh, uh, particularly one where he gets a first down from absolutely nothing. Like so, um, I, uh, I I I see a lot in in, um, in the press the last couple of days. There's, there seems to be an awful lot of negative feedback about the people that Mahomes is is surrounding himself with. You know, there's an awful lot of talk that he his missus is. You know, she's inclined to be on Instagram and Twitter and this thing, and she's a bit over the top. But the brother is, I don't know, have you seen the brother in action? The brother yeah. is in else altogether. He's on TikTok and he's on this thing and that thing. He's making a show of himself. And it's it seems like you'd wonder if these distractions are just getting a bit too much from Holmes. Like uh, that that game, I, I I don't know how they threw it away, uh, but he'll probably have to go away and reflect on, on who he's surrounding himself with and who's on the sideline uh, supporting him in these games. Yeah, I kind of alluded to it last week. I didn't want to mention names, but it's come crystally clear. The entourage, like Mahomes' fiance, it's the champagne showers, the champagne showers in the Arrowhead Stadium, popping champagne. It's like a 50 cent concert, really. You know, it's a frenzy in Arrowhead. And then you have the brother who's doing his little TikTok dancing routines, you know, on the pitch before kickoff. I mean, if you're, and he's, <laughs> I'd say he's probably living with Mahomes as well. So question is, are you going to be fully focused in on the game? Like, and I mean, I thought second half was there needed to be a little bit more, a uh, little bit due caution. I thought, you know, as you say yourselves, lads, at the back end of the uh, first half, take your three points. But again, it was that 11 point margin, they had the 11 point margin in the regular season game. Do, do we think there was any kind of psychological impact here from the Chiefs that, you know, this comeback may come on again from the Bengals or are we clutching at straws here? I don't like it's. It must have played like I mean, granted, like the game, like the 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 regular season game, there wasn't too much on the line for the Chiefs from that point of view, so they wouldn't have been too concerned with it. But it may have, like for it to collapse like that, like you brought up good points. Um, 
kind of who Mahomes is surrounding himself with. It sounds like a lot, a little bit like uh, Neymar. Like I, I've heard about his documentary on Netflix. Heard about it? Not going to watch it. And even when you mentioned about the, the TikTok, the the TikTok, that element of like speaking as a Steelers fan, you would have thought like our experience of social media for the last four five years where players have been either broadcasting live from the dressing room or doing dances on the opposition's logo like you're looking at it going do these guys have somebody who can just tell them maybe don't do that or like if the entourage is causing that big of an issue given how much change the chiefs are throwing at them i get the feeling somebody's going to have to sit down with them and be like uh yeah Pat, we're, we're not giving you this money for the fun of it i mean it's like you even what you highlighted, Simon. Like the the Chiefs' season was encapsulated in one game. The first half was the latter half of the season where they were faultless, but the second half was just if something was going to go wrong, it did go wrong. But like with, I mean, my God, if you're looking at Burrow and there's the talk now. If Burrow wins for the Bengals, is this a bigger achievement than LeBron winning for the Cavaliers? And you're going, given it's a second year and given what he's the way he's turned things around for a franchise that historically were called the Bungles. Like, it's, if he does, it's not going to be too far off of it because to go from the worst of the worst to being in the Super I mean, it, no, if anybody said they predicted the Bengals being in the Super Bowl at the start of this season, they're either lying or they're on something because nobody in their right mind would have predicted it. No, you're on the ball, Danny. And, like, another factor about the Bengals, you know, I think they have 60 million in cap space next year. Like, well, this... Yeah. <laughs> This, this isn't a roster that is, that is built to win this minute, you know. Um, like, the, the Bengals are in a position that they can go way out and they can pay the best uh, the best offensive linesman next year if they want to go and go down that avenue, you know. They, they they can draft well again next year, get some protection for that quarterback. Um, and, it, you know, like, they do have some bets on defense, but they can freshen things up there definitely as well. Maybe get, get a bit of uh, help for Hendrickson and the pass rush. Like, I, I, think, I think the Bengals could be here to stay for a few years going on what's happening. And they'll need to make the most of it too because, like you mentioned, the cap space, it's not going to be too long till the likes of Burrow and Chase are going to be getting their big boy contracts. Right. And the exactly. moment, like, with Burrow, the way he's, like, if he continues this form, like, he's going to be up there with any other quarterback. And, like, Chase, I mean, for a first year, the LSU combination between the two of them, and not, and like I even love the fact that he was ta- he was he was um Burrow was paraded off the field by LSU by a former LSU player three years ago. They showed it, then they showed it this time, and, he, and like him and Chase, they haven't lost the playoff game between LSU and the Bengals. So like they need to make hay while they can, because when those go two guys come looking for their contracts, they're going to be. Burrow will be up highest paid if he continues this form, and with Chase as well, like he'll be, he won't be too far off of a top paid receiver as well. Because my God, the combination has just been, it's been in stellar, incredible. Yeah, I, I, I actually think you're right. Then I think Burrow might be getting paid this year. I saw, um, I saw a stat, or not a stat, but a bit of trivia the other day. If if the Bengals happen to win the Super Bowl, Burrow will be the third quarterback to win a national championship in college. And win a Super Bowl. There's only been there's only been two previous ones, and none of them have won the Heisman too. Uh, that was I think he would be the first to complete the, tri- the all the, the, the oh, triple yeah. of it. I could no, it was the same. Like I was like, how is this? And even like I think in terms of quarterbacks, it's only the second time in the Super Bowl era the two Heisman winning QBs will be facing off in the Super Bowl. I'm just going. That really shows you when it comes to the draft having the number one overall pick doesn't automatically mean that you're going. Like I it's just it's it shows you with the draft how much lack of science there is in it and how much of it is just on pure chance. Yeah. Mark, Joe Montana and Joe Namus, if, if you ever asked that in a quiz. Tell you, that's a tiebreaker question to, to, to define <laughs> a tiebreaker question. But uh, 
I have to say, Joe Burrow, though, was, I thought, absolutely immense, you know, going down the stretch, you know, just, mm. you know, the stats-wise, you know, I'm kind of looking at 23 from 38, um, 250 yards, uh, two touchdowns, one interception. But, I mean, you saw the confidence in the guy, even on Oh, Joe Cool is living line. up to the name. <laughs> you know, he's just, you know, he exudes confidence throughout, you know, and even thinking of Tennessee's Titans game. He never wavered. Like, there was no facial expressions that I'm in trouble here. I thought it was just quite significant to see the two quarterbacks on the sideline, particularly in the latter stages. One kind of on the crest of confidence was very trustworthy of his offensive line and everything else, which was Joe Burrow. And then you had um, Mahomes on the other hand, who looked very concerned, very worried. And, you know, rightly rattled. And in fairness, Cincinnati, I think it's a great story. Just gives inspiration, I think, to everyone else in the National Football League that you, know, you can come from absolutely nothing to, you know, draft well in terms of quarterback, stay patient with him. And in two years, you know, you could potentially be here. I mean, there's been luck, I think, along the way, certainly. But in fairness to Cincy, they're, they've booked their place in the big dance and going to LA and sure, look, the pressure kind of is off them, isn't it, guys? Because, I mean, LA Rams, uh, we might go to them next. The Niners looked as if uh, this could have been an 82 Super Bowl for large stretches of that match. I mean, they looked in good control. Jimmy oh, G, yeah. dare I yeah. say, was okay for the first half, but then uh, LA came with the late the late surge. Uh, what were your thoughts there, uh, Simon? We might start with you first. Yeah, I, I thought you know I thought the um, I thought the 49ers played well enough uh, in the grand scheme of things, and even you know what? No, I, I was critical enough of Jimmy G last week, but you know he wasn't too bad. I'll say that from the last, the last quarter was a disaster, but like he has that in him, in him as well. I suppose the one thing about Jimmy G, he threw, to, I think he threw 30 times last weekend, which is more than I expected him to throw. Um, but what I, you know, I was fairly clear, even though the, the Rams didn't get a sack last weekend, I think they absolutely wrecked the 49ers run game and it forced the 49ers into situations that they didn't want to be in. Um, do you know, I think this was pretty much the case. Like I know Debo got his got his touchdown, but that was from a pass. Um, I, I I think they pretty much ruined the the 49ers run game, put them into pressure, and like Jimmy G, any time that he sits back or stands back in the pocket and he's throwing that ball, you, you know, you can nearly have to hold your breath if you're a 49ers fan because anything can happen. Do you know, he mixes the sublime with the absolutely ridiculous. Um, I, 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 to be honest, I, I think Jimmy G will be moving out of there this, uh, this off season. It's up for debate what he's worth because someone is going to come in for him. Like I, off the top of my head, I suppose there's probably ten franchises that can improve straight away by bringing Jimmy G in. He's, de- he's definitely, probably, he's probably upper mid tier when it comes to quarterbacks. I'd say. Um. But uh, no, the Rams look good. Their their big players all played. I think Cooper Cup was outstanding. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. very very good. And as I said, that that defensive line, they they just they wrecked absolutely wrecked the 49ers run game and destroyed them. Now, like we spoke last week about um, about how how the 49ers would set up, and like they did, they got the ball out of Grappolo's hands as quick as possible. Do you know, I I think that probably was the, the reason that he didn't get sacked. You know, they didn't they didn't leave him hang around. And you know, to 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 for, to some degree it was successful. But um no I think I think the Rams deserved to win. I think they were the better team. Bar that interception in the in the first quarter in the end zone, I, I think they, it would have been a much more comfortable and they missed the field goal. 
I think it would be much more comfortable for the money for those things. Um, and I, I, I think they're justifiably favourites for the for the Super Bowl at this stage. Absolutely, yeah, uh, Danny. Yeah, no, it's kind of funny. Even with the, the stadium, it was. I think at one stage people were going, "Yeah, there, there's more Niners fans in here than there is right." It kind of show, it's the problem with moving your location as well. Um, funny thing as well with that game. More fans from Detroit watched that game than watched the Detroit Thanksgiving Day game. I saw that. I was just, oh my God, it tells you just how, how bad that, or what a position they're in as well. Yeah, no, I'd agree with a lot with something like the, the Niners, they played smart. Like you could say, they they made the most of what's available to them. Um, and like even with, with, with Jimmy G, like the, the, the crucial players on the Rams side, they did put pressure on when they did get to him. They might not have sacked him, but Aaron, but Donald's pressure on him for that crucial intercept towards the end, like that was the like. And Don, Donald is like he really got he like he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. I'll be stunned if he doesn't just from he's any like even when they go through like NFL top players, like he's what not since Lawrence Taylor has there been a defensive player who's been able to shape games into the extent that he can. Like I don't know how many times I've watched videos of just the top 100 players and just watched his video because the stuff he does, like everybody who talks about them they're just like he's just I mean he's on he's just a total freak of nature but he came up crucial for them and they even said like when you mentioned about the sidelines in the previous game in this one it's very rare that Donald speaks or shouts he did and the moment he did everybody like they said the moment he kind of did that they the defense just went out and they absolutely shut down the Niners and the big players like the you can say kind of with the Rams and even like I shared an article with you like the Rams they approached a team build in a completely different way to the way everybody else. They looked at the draft picks and just went like prior to the, the, the earlier, the earlier fact I highlighted, like when it comes to getting that franchise um, quarterback in the draft, it's very unpredictable. So they just looked at it and went, screw it. We'll just use the draft the way that we're going to use it. We're going to get for the here and the now. And like two Super Bowls in four years have backed it up. The going out for Stafford and he's proven it. He was the key reason that they were able to get over the line this week, this weekend. They went out, they got him, Von Miller was available, they got him, Beckham, he's available, and he added as well, like, he was crucial for them because, like, Cooper Cup has had, like, like unbelievable season, but having Thanks Beckham you. there is, yeah, having Beckham there too, just, it, it, you can't cover both of them, like, there's just, there's going to be opportunities created, and I think that's, like, the Bengals, if you're going player by player for player, like, the Bengals really shouldn't stand much of a chance, and yeah, when you mentioned about the offensive line for the Bengals, like, Aaron Donald must be looking at that and be, be like, just be oh, wow. rubbing his yeah. hands in glee and looking to hit, hit, hit him at hit um, Burrow as early as possible and just putting like Von Miller brought I mean they've they have everything to win and if they don't win it'll be hilarious because I get the feeling a lot of neutrals are going to be supporting the Bengals but like it's it, everything it's set up for the Rams to win this Danny, yeah. I, I, I think you're right they're talking about I thought Stafford was brilliant I, I, like I said last two weeks I, I like Stafford but do you remember when Stafford went when he was when he took the trade to, um, to the Rams there um, at the time, San Francisco was, was really talked up as a as a, a possible destination that he could end up in as well. Um, and I, I think the Rams were that little bit more aggressive in 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 the trade talks and getting the job done. I I, I think like it'd be fair to say at this stage, um, if you put Stafford in a 49ers jersey last weekend, I think the 49ers are winning that game. I I think it came it came down to who had the better quarterback. Um. I think it'd be a great story for Stafford. Like he's been in the league for such a long time. Um, like I, 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 a lot of people jumped on him during the year when he had a couple of bad performances. Do you know, I, I think Stafford, I think Stafford's a great player. I, I, I really hope. Like Joe Burrow is a likable kind of a fella. 
Um, but I really, really hope that that staff can win it. I think you know after after a long decade in um, in Detroit, it'd be a great story for him if if he went and won it. I, I wonder if um, another Californian might might end up in a 49ers jersey next year. This off season, it's going to be musical chairs for quarterbacks. I mean, there's so many of them that are going to be maybe not Brian Tannehill, but there's going to be a lot of teams out there wondering, like with the Niners, will like you mentioned with Garoppolo, I think yeah, that experiment's over, and we like will they go for Trey Lance potentially? Like between that, you have Green Bay, Pittsburgh, like the Dolphins. Like, I mean, the t- Titans, they're stuck, but there's a lot of teams who are going to be looking at the quarterback situation and wondering, is this the one area that we need to improve on and change up? And there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks who are going to be out in the market that they can look at. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be a merry-go-round, isn't it? I mean, plenty of plenty of uh, ball clubs there looking for good quality quarterbacks. Um, I do like your comment, though, um, Simon, in terms of Stafford, like for a guy to spend a decade in the Detroit Lions. He's getting his rewards now, isn't he? I mean, it's, it's still or die now for the Rams. Like, as as you said, Danny, you know they've really kind of focused on this year. This is this is their time. So, and they have to be one favorite star at home in LA. Um, and they've, again, no first, they've no first round pick marked the next two years. Exactly. Not, this is it. Like this is it for them, Rita. You know, but um, I think Odell Beckham Jr. has been an outstanding acquisition there. I mean, he went nine receptions, 113 yards. He complements Cooper Cup absolutely phenomenally well. I mean, Cup is getting all the headlines in terms of two touchdowns, but I could see Odell Beckham Jr. very easily being an MVP at the Super Bowl. Just, you know, if they go double double coverage on Cup, no better guy than Beckham Jr. And Blanton as well has played very solid in the playoffs. I mean, they have weapons all over the place. They're very... I think, in fairness to um, the Rams, they're very well balanced in terms of their rushing, their you know their passing game, and I think Bengals may have it all to do, really, to be fair. Um, yeah, and yeah, like I was reading there, San Francisco local newspapers, you know, the obituary notice is out on Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm afraid, you know, thanks for the memories, but the San Fran media looking at the Bay, Bay kind of region newspaper media outlets, they've already. Said their goodbyes to Jimmy Reedy, to be honest. So it'll be very interesting to see what the 49ers do because they're not far off. Like, I mean, as you say, the Rams did an incredible job run game or run defense. They only, I think, conceded 50 yards in the whole game. When you consider what was in the line of scrimmage there, it was just phenomenal effort. Like, but well done to the Rams. Or do we even want to go Super Bowl preview and maybe kind of a quick predict- prediction from what you seem, gentlemen, um, the Rams and Cincinnati Bengals, uh, I suppose, put your head on the block time. Uh, Simon, who are you fancying? Uh, look, I, 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 thought, I thought Cincinnati would be beaten the last two weekends, and I might as well stay on the same uh, the same line at top. I, I just, like, it's a lovely story and everything, but I just, I think that Rams team is just full up to the brim with stars. Um, I think I think it could be very like last year's Super Bowl, where that Kansas offensive line was kind of beaten up a bit. Um, they were injured going into it. And we all thought Mahomes was going to do Mahomes last year. And all of a sudden, you know, he had his toe injury as well. They got after him. He threw his interceptions. I have a feeling Super Bowl this year could be something similar. The Rams at home, um, you know, that, that defensive line and throughout the team, quite healthy. I think we'll get at that uh, Cincinnati um, offensive line. I think they'll sack Burrow. Uh, they'll continuously put him under pressure. Burrow won't have his out into chase. 
I and like I, I'm not sure if that ties in. He's injured for the year. He's out for the year now as well. Questionable. You might be back. Yeah. Um. I I I think I I can only see the Rams win it. I I think it could be quite comfortable. You know, kind of even a bit like you highlighted, Simon. Like it, last year's Super Bowl, if it taught taught you anything, is that the game is still one of the trenches, and if you don't have a line that can cover and that can give your quarterback enough time, which is when I was looking at it going Pittsburgh, what the hell are you doing? Why didn't you change anything up? Because but no, like you said, like I think it will be one of the trenches, and when you have when you have somebody the car- caliber of Aaron, Aaron Donald in the trenches, I mean, my God, it's it's all it's set up for the Rams to win it. And now that we've both said it, the Bengals, like even I put a I put out a vote online this weekend. And put it was, the, put it was the bank on the Bengals. <laughs> it was a fifty-fifty yeah. split in terms of who thought who's going to win it. But now, yeah, I think like it, it's it's I mean, if the Rams don't win it now, they never will in terms of the caliber of talent. That granted for the Super Bowl, the crowd isn't going to be as home favored because most of the fans in the crowd for for the Super Bowl aren't fans. Um, but it's yeah, it's all set up. I mean, if the Rams can't win it now, then they they never will. And like most neutrals will be on the side of the Bengals just from the point of view of what the Bengals have done, and also from the point of view of the Rams owner and kind of health. If you're a fan of the Premier League, he's not the nicest person. So it's I mean, it's set up the Rams to win it, and I think a lot of it will. It, the, the the lines, the offensive and the defensive lines for both teams. I think that's where it's that that that's where the winning is going to be decided. Although I am looking forward to seeing um, Jamar Chase going up against Jalen Ramsey. I mean, there's yeah. so many great wow. parents across, but those two in particular, given what Ramsey has done, apart from with Brady, but Ramsey up against Chase, like how big of a number he can do on Chase as well, that could decide a lot in what happens over in, in over the course of the game too. Exactly. Um, Danny, just, just going back to what Danny said about the honour, it'll be nice to see someone involved with Arsenal lifting the trophy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Until that final whistle, hey. Um, yeah, I've been, I've had a soft spot for Cincinnati Bengals throughout. I mean, last week, I kind of half tepidly said, oh, they'd run Kansas City Chiefs close, but really didn't put Harrod in head. But I, I think, on this one, I think it's all point and tell. A Rams really offensive defensive line seemed far superior. Only thing I would say is here, um, LA Rams didn't really cough up much ball. I know there was the intercept, which I thought showed great composure from the Rams after their intercept. You know, other teams may have kind of wavered a little bit, but I think the Rams all the way here. Um, yeah, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, like Higgins, had a good game last week. Like, I mean, the Rams have been here. In terms of Super Bowl, this head coach as well for the LA Rams, they know they know how to kind of play this occasion a little bit. And being at home, it kind of brings its own pressures. But it's nice that they're still in their home base, they're still in their training facility, where the Bengals will be. There'll be razzmatazz, all that coming into it. Yeah, I would strongly fancy the LA Rams here. I think kind of going away here. I think 15, 20 points. I think Odell Beckham Jr. I think is an MVP waiting there. Um, you know, it's uh, and the could be worthy winners, but hopefully it'll be a competitive uh, Super Bowl. Nothing worse than a one-sided affair anyway. And it'll be a bitter end, maybe potentially for the Bengals, if that would happen, because I don't see LA Rams getting uh, landslid here. But again, uh, we've been wrong with the Bengals before. Um, I suppose moving swiftly on then, uh, we'll be focusing on retirements. Uh, there's been a few quarterbacks would they, would they not retire, uh, particularly a certain Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger? I know, Danny, you probably have the the, the tribute all waiting and willing to get announced here. Uh, but your reactions, guys, to these two guys' stellar careers and uh, 
leaving their franchises with plenty of QB questions for the offseason. I suppose with, when Big Ben announced it, a lot of Steelers fans were just going, oh, thank God. Because it was like he, he, he went down the route of Manning, of Rivers. Like he, he stayed on for one or two more seasons than he should have because you could just see, especially in that Chiefs game, he was a statue and he has been all season. And like the, the Steelers' offense has made 100 yard fields look like 120 yards because they've just been struggling that much with it. But I mean, the stat, the, the, the resume tells itself two time Super Bowl winner. I mean, for a couple of years there in the mid uh, 2010s, he was year upon year, he was in the top two, three quarterbacks in the league. He was combining his, like he was in his early 30s. He combined that with his experience with, I mean, him, Bell, and Antonio Brown was probably the best trifecta in the league at that time. And the fact that they didn't make a Super Bowl just tells you how much annoying that is. But like his overall career, he like, he'll go down, even like you're kind of going, is he the all-time greatest Steeler quarterback? You're going, uh, maybe not. <laughs> like he will definitely go down as one of the all-time, like he's guaranteed Hall of Famer. And like, he's just, I think we, even with Big Ben, it's just, there will be that kind of if only in that particular time frame in particular, where we had an offense that tore teams to pieces. Like, he won two Super Bowls, but you're looking at it going, he could have won two or three more. And a lot of that has to do with the other person who retired recently and, like, he's the greatest player who's ever played the game full stop. And what more can you say about Brady? The video they did in the lead-up to these playoffs, you know, the one is the computer-generated one where he just, he's team walking across the pitch, but it goes through his his first era, the first dynasty, dynasty. the second era, the second dynasty he won with the Patriots. Like, he's had three careers in one. And every either or any of them would have made him a Hall of Famer, but to have one player win that many, be that consistent, and even the fact that this year that he was the top passer, like he's he's been smart with it. Like Big Ben stayed around a bit too long. Eli Manning stayed around way too long. Brady's like he's nearly he's retiring at the top of his game, and for somebody to be saying that in his forties, there's never going to be anybody like him. Yeah, I I I agree with you, Danny. I I I, I suppose. Brady, realistically, I, I don't know if there's ever, if there ever has been, or if there ever will be more of a winner when it comes to the games, you know, or the game. Um, like, you know, that that obviously he won his Super Bowls, that unbelievable comeback against Atlanta. I was just thinking about it during the week. I saw him play a game way back in the early, maybe 2012 or 13. They're a, a total, you know, one of these games that uh, had very little relevance. They're, they were a playoff team anyway that year. And they were up. They were playing Cleveland in Cleveland, and they were having a stinker. They had like three points in the first half, absolutely brutal. And they were having like they weren't. The ball wasn't being just moving for them. They were down 19 points to three. At the end of the third quarter, there was a bit of snow falling. It was everything was going pear shaped in them. And Brady came along, and they won the game 27-26. But he got two. Or he threw two touchdowns in the last minute and a minute and four seconds or something. Like they they um, recovered an onside kick and he threw a ball into the end zone. They got a pass interference call. He came up through to Amendola. I remember watching at the time and said, this fella doesn't give up. The only time that Brady ever gave up was when that clock went to 0 0 0. Do you know? Um, and he always had the mindset, I think, that it didn't matter who was in front of him, that, you know, he could beat them. Um, like, obviously, he he had, you know, he had good players around him. And, you know, we spoke about last week how. I suppose his position led to them being able to, to protect him to a certain degree uh, and maybe give him the odd weapon on the outside. But like the the, the ability that this man has and and winning some Super Bowls with teams that possibly, you know, 
they wouldn't have won Super Bowls without him. Like it has been amazing. I I, I always like Big Ben as well. Um, I thought he was you know hard and tough. And you know as we spoke about the first week, I think that offensive line the last couple of years has been disgraceful. Um, you know it has given him very very little protection. Um, I I think you know like both teams are going into an off season now with a laugh lot of questions. Like I I jokingly said about Rodgers going to Tampa Bay last week. I, I don't know if they have the money. They probably don't have the money to bring him down there. But like, if they can retain some of their players, Rodgers might might take a hit to go down and try and win another Super Bowl in a nice climate. Um, you just don't know where things are going in, in Pittsburgh either. Would like an ID come into my head during the week? Would they look at maybe uh, one of these quarterbacks that mightn't be getting the game somewhere else? Or do you know? I'm thinking. Jimmy G potentially. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say it earlier on, Danny. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> be the answer you know, I don't know who'd be the answer I, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about the likes of um, the likes of Tua like they're, they, they seem to be continuously trying to get him out of Miami um, he has do you know actually who came into my head the other day Danny there might be an option for Pittsburgh would Marcus Mariota be an option Potentially, yeah. I mean, it's he's been an unlucky quarterback. Um, I suppose the way they'd be looking at it, if they're going to be going out into the quarterback market, is he going to be high enough on there? Because like the GM for the Steelers, Colbert, he's retiring as well. Like it's and when you mention Tampa Bay, like from what they're saying, Bruce Arians is not going to stay around, and he's even told it was it was listened to an NFL podcast, and he's basically told the coaching staff, lads, if you get interviews, go for them. The, from the sounds of it, Tampa Bay. <laughs> I'm hearing the bulldozers in the background for Tampa Bay because it looks like they're going like it was. They said the famous James era could be coming back pretty quickly for them because they were like they said it. It was a very high high that they've had, but that yeah, it looks like they're going to regress to to the norm too very 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 quickly. They won't. They have their Super Bowl. Yeah. They won't. It's the same with LA. If LA, LA win their Super Bowl at home, it doesn't matter what happens in the future. It's funny, even with the Brady car, just the, the kind of highlighting them. I remember I saw a video, and this was, the, I think it was last season, and there was he was setting up for a play, and Gronk was at the line, and Brady just shouts, Gronk, Gronk, you're standing wrong. He knew exactly what Gronk was supposed to, like, he, he just seemed to be kind of, he knew what everybody on the line was, was, was supposed to be doing, and if they weren't doing it, like, even when you mentioned about kind of his drive, like apparently it's in his gym, uh, in his um, personal gym, he just has on the whiteboard, he just has the date of the next Super Bowl. And he said, that's my goal every single year. I mean, he made 10 of them. So, I mean, I mean his, his stats are oh, it's insane, but there's so many, this, the off-season stories, they could make a book on the off-season stories for this NFL season because so many teams have absolutely no idea where they're going to be come the first kick, come kickoff for the new season. Exactly. Yeah, I think, you know, even the Brady retirement, was that preempted a bit, you know, given the NFL, well, ESPN broke the story. Now, how you define sources when the player, the agent and Brady's father don't come out and confirm either or is beyond me. But I think Brady then had to come out and announce this this week. I mean, his records, guys, passing yards, 96,969, passing touchdowns, 707. Game-winning drive, 67. We talk about the four-quarters four, four comebacks, 51. Obviously, the seven Super Bowl rings, six from the Patriots. When I would have known him when I was over in Boston, particularly that tuck rule with the Oakland Raiders, could have been so, so different if the tuck rule hadn't been enforced. And obviously, 277 wins. And to be fair to Brady, I've read, looked at documentaries, but that NFL draft that year, I mean, he picked 199th. In that NFL draft, I mean, I'd say 
motivation aplenty for Brady to succeed after that. And I think there was one episode seen from one of the documentaries where Kraft kind of introduced himself to Brady and Brady says, this is the best decision you've ever made for this organization. And this is when he kind of entered the building. So a guy completely on a mission, the record speak for itself. Ben Roethlisberger, I would have followed as well because little Miami, Ohio, it's, you know, it produces its fair share of professional footballers. But again, this guy gained prominence and himself and Byron Letwich for me were kind of very similar in terms of small university schools really gaining national prominence. And for Ben Roethlisberger to produce the performance and the career that he's had, and you compare that with Byron Letwich, which I think a year, I think it was a year later, Byron Letwich, um, I think there was a year between the two of them. Yeah, Byron Letwich was 2003, Ben Roethlisberger was 2004. I thought Ledwood would be kind of in that level of Roethlisberger, but never materialised. And really just show the hard work, determination of Ben to really kind of um, put his authority on the Steelers, really, and Super Bowl rings. You know, there's four perfect games, I believe, uh, here, Danny. Um, you know, his passer rating of 93.5 is pretty decent as well, you know, 64,088 passing yards, you know. But I think it was probably time for a change at Pittsburgh anyway but mm. again he holds the jersey absolutely nothing and it'll be a big big shoes to fill mm. oh today's the throwback to that Super Bowl win against the Cardinals as well so it's lots of good yeah. memories <laughs> good times good times Danny you know um, but yeah no best wishes there to both guys complete legends I'd imagine first ballot Hall of Famers for both of them would yep. you agree yeah how could Brady, like for Brady not to get it would be as bad as what's happened in baseball with Barry Bonds and all that. But we won't talk about that anyway. Um, it would be it would be as controversial as that if he didn't get it. So yeah, yeah. But uh, we might move into something more controversial because uh, with uh, Mr. Flores, uh, uh, Brian Flores, and again February, Black History Month in the United States. And again, we have a lawsuit filed. Uh, Brian Flores has basically filed the class a lawsuit against the NFL, New York Giants, and a few other NFL franchises. But, I mean, you read on the Pacifics here about the text message that Bill Belichick sends, and this is kind of three days before Flores is interviewed for um, the Post and the Giants. It's it's all a bit unsavory at the moment, guys. I mean, it, does this kind of raise integrity questions for the NFL, particularly for yeah. teams struggling back there looking for a draft pick? Um, what's your viewpoint on this? And, and Flores, like Flores, been in Miami for the last three years. First year was a bad year. Um, he had two winning seasons. So personally, I think I, I thought he was a bit unfairly treated. Mm. I also thought that his name would be right up there on the top of list of of you know head coaching jobs that are out there. Um, now the one thing I would say about Flores is Flores comes from the Bill Belichick tree. And if you look at, at his proteges from the last um, the last couple of years, you have you have uh, Flores, you have Matt Patricia, you have Joe Judge, and you have Bill O'Brien. And like, if you ask me, right, the four of those literally wanted control of everything. Like Bill O'Brien nearly threw everything out. He wanted to be the GM. He wanted to be nearly the owner. He wanted to be the whole lot in Houston. Absolutely made a mess of the franchise. Traded DeAndre Hopkins, which made no sense, right? And got very little back in return for him. But I'd say it was all a big ego thing. Joe Judge had his coordinators running steps in the stadium in New York if, if things went wrong against him in games. It, you know, total egomaniac as well. 
Matt Patricia went with all pear shape in Detroit. And I think Flores, when things started going against him in Miami, and he maybe wasn't getting his own way, I, I, I think that's why how things turned in, uh, maybe sour in Miami. Now, with delegations that he's made, um, so he's made basically three allegations. The first allegation is his this issue with the owner offering him 100 grand the loss to improve their their draft pick uh, position. The, and then the second two, so he's he's allegating that he got these text messages from Bill Belichick three days before he interviewed. Um, but to be honest, right, and he's he's making playing the the racism cards that you know the Rooney rule having to have. You know, two minorities interviewed, all this kind of thing from the point of view of of the this head coaching job. Let's say from my point of view, looking at it, New York Giants were, were 31st or 32nd on total offense last year. They were absolutely rotten in offense. They interviewed six people. Now, maybe in fairness, they interviewed maybe one or two of them before the, or any decision was made. But look, these are jobs. It's the real world. Um, so... But they were absolutely rotten in offense last year. They're just after bringing in a new GM with Bill's connection, um, Buffalo Bill's connections. And they're after bringing in an offensive coordinator uh, as their new head coach. He was the previous offensive coordinator with the Bills, who have had a good offense the last few years. Now, the other five that they that they interviewed were all defensive coordinators uh, at Hearts. So you had Flores. Dan Quinn, who I think is like he's done a fantastic job with the Dallas um, defense this year. And, you know, like he, he took the Atlanta to the Super Bowl. I know they made a mess of it a few years ago, but he did get to the Super Bowl. Like, fellas like him could be fairly sick that they that they're, didn't get the job as well. Um, but I can understand why the Giants wanted to go with an offensive mind. And I don't, like Flores is playing the racism card. He's looking at these text messages that Belichick probably, well, like Belichick was, didn't know he was doing any wrong thing in the text messages. I, I don't see... Like, it is a job. New York, obviously, like, they knew the guy that they wanted. Maybe it wasn't handled correctly, but I, I, at the end of the day, they wanted an offensive mind. I, 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 to be honest, I think the most damning of his allegations is this 100,000 um, sure. from, from, from the owner. I, I'd, if that's proven correct, and I'm not sure whether or not he has proof that it happened, but if that's proven correct, I, I don't think that owner is, is in, a, is in a, a position to say um, and 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 his stake in in um, in Miami could be moving on fairly quickly. I think Adele would definitely have a decision to make then if that allegation was confirmed, you know. But and even with Brian Flores, you know, he he issues the lawsuit at the moment. But apparently, he is. If you're listening to sources, he's a leading contender for the Houston Texans job, and also the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, Danny, no, what do you think? It's like. The more you kind of hear about it, if it was like if it was just say one of them, one of these issues, or if it was just one allegation, not so bad. But the fact that there's it's not just one, it's two, that it's three. Like whatever with the Denver Broncos one, that sounds like it's the weakest of the three. But even like with the yeah, idea, it, it just sounds like what they were hung over. <laughs> it's like if, if that's the only reason for it, then okay. The Giants one, a lot of the Giants one that there seems to be a lot of negativity around it is the fact that Giants have actually never hired a minority coach. And that they've always had this this approach, and they like from what you said, Simon. Like the, the that that made that was the the point of view that they were looking down. But like it's it is the one with the the, the owner one. That's the one that could really sink them because if it's been shown that they were that he was trying to get them to tank for a better pick, then that's the issue. But even like it's and it got highlighted as I was listening to um, even a 
today as well. He highlighted when the Rooney rule was brought in, there was three head coaches who were black. You look at the NFL now, there's one. And they've said this rule, like it, it, it did sound a lot like with the Giants that they were just doing it as a token interview. And it sounded a lot even with the Broncos. Like if that, like the Broncos is the weakest of the lot. The Giants, like the Giants one has a bit more ground, but I think the one that could sink it is the fact that the owner of the, the, the Dolphins was willing to pay him just to lose those games. So that's, that could be the one that, that's, that's the biggest one that could, could, could explode and could cause serious issues. But like even with the Giants one, the, the history that's in around them, the fact that they, they, the fact he, the fact he was going to interviews and he already knew that he wasn't getting the job. I mean, that does raise some, like if, even if, 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 if you're thinking, if we went for an interview and so we already knew the job was being already sorted, I mean, would we even bother going for that interview? But it's like, it's going to sacrifice, it is going to cause him, like, he's like, by doing this lawsuit, that's him done kind of in the NFL. Like, if, if this goes the way the previous issues like this have happened before, he's never going to get a coaching job in the NFL again. Like, a certain quarterback who took issue or took, took a stand never got back yeah. in the NFL again. So, like, he's doing this. A lot of weight is going to be behind him because of that, from that side of things. And just if, if it's proven that the owner was going to pay him, <laughs> I mean, that's the ownership and the Dolphins could be up in the air just based on that. Yeah, indeed. I mean, it's um, quite a fractious, you know, legal dispute at the moment. And the fact that he's interviewed for those other two key jobs, uh, you know, hey, coaching jobs, I mean, it does raise question marks there in terms of that ownership as well, those franchises. But, I mean, the Rooney rule was there for a particular reason, and that is to provide the opportunity for minorities to interview on these senior managerial positions. It's not a guarantee that you actually do secure the, the role. You know, you have to, you know, it's the franchise owners at the end of the day or, you know, the head of personnel are called on the shots. So I think it's going to be, as you say yourself, in terms of New York Giants and Denver Broncos, they can, I think that should be, I'd say, batted away pretty lively. But I think it's that 100 grand uh, stuff there you know it's the integrity of the league i think is the key one um but even but, the general conversation that mike tomlin is still you know and like even the fact earlier this year yeah. when there was college roles going and they're asking him are you going to go for those and tomlin was just like listen like you're not asking any of the other coaches about those roles and he just yeah. he, he totally stopped them he, he stopped them dead and just went i'm a 15-year nfl coach who undefeated why are you asking me if i want to go and like it as has been proven with Urban Meyer that jump from college to NFL, it hardly anyone is successful at it. So for it to be like, if you could you could see how irate and insulted Tomlin was, even by them questioning or even asking if he was going to go for that job role. So it's it's awesome, uh, but it is a minefield as to what's going to happen with it. Yeah, it will be a fascinating watch, I think, in the months ahead. Anyway, and. We'll be monitoring it anyway, and sure we might have a reaction, you know, when the new season uh, kicks off, I'd say. I don't think there's going to be any rulings on this for quite a long time anyway, because yeah. I think the legal arguments will be lengthy and extensive. Guys, it's been a long podcast. I didn't think we were going to get as much as we did this week, but uh, thank you for retirements. Thank you for championship games and, you know, these legal disputes. Uh, we've gone well over, but uh, Danny and Simon, thanks very much for the insight contributions. Um, yeah, and yeah, all... Roads lead to LA for the Super Bowl. So we'll yep. have another discussion then. Thanks again, guys. Bye, man. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube, or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and Twitter. 
for the latest sporting opinions, articles and reports.